Hey, it's the pod hacker. I'm back. So I don't know what happened to the microphone in Josh's desk, but it's not working anymore. So I had to go buy me one of those new ones that you can like stand outside the wall and hear it. Um, so, so today he's got, hang on a second. No, no, it's coming. Jamie Masters. Jamie has, has hosted more one-on-one interviews with millionaires and billionaires than anybody I've ever heard of. If anyone knows how to make money, Jamie does because he got it from the horse's mouth. So, so you guys listen to this one. This is gonna be a good one, okay? Pod hacker out. Jamie, thank you so much for coming and uh, flying in to our lair. How do you like it, by the way? I know you're like into like the whole sci-fi superhero type thing. So I really was excited to show off my James Bond villain lair that that I acquired. What do you think? It's pretty good. I think the tech could be a little better. My helicopter didn't really fit when I came in. So it's a little like, I'll help you out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not everybody that has a, uh, what does the president fly in the Air Force? Uh, it's it's pretty comparable to what what the president flies in. So I'm pretty impressed. Impressive, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a superheroine like yourself, I mean, no doubt, that, I mean, that's that's appropriate for you. Uh, definitely. I actually have been taking, trying to take uh, flight lessons and helicopter is way harder, just so you know. So I'm just glad it didn't crash. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. Well, cool. So thank you so much. So as you know, like I'm doing this top secret project and I just want to let you know, again, like nobody is listening. I'm only going to be taking paper notes here. So I just want you to be, feel free to share like all your best stuff that you never share with anybody except for your mega, mega, mega elite inner circle. So you're, you're welcome to share all your like super, super elite inner circle stuff here because no way nobody is like, nobody will hear this deal. You'll burn the it, paperwork. You can tell by later. all the security. Yes. And by the super- way, you come heavily armed. What are, are those <laughs> katanas that you're wearing or what are Always. those? Yes, I literally always have them. <laughs> some some <laughs> sort got- of knife uh, katana on my body. Yes, my sword wall. I just grab it and run. You, well, it's got, you got the Deadpool thing going on, which oh, is yeah. nice. Oh yeah, my favorite. <laughs> All right, so um, so I have a few questions I wanted to run through, and again, this is for my top secret. Napoleon Hill kind of project that I'm not telling anybody about. Um, but really, I just want to kind of talk, as I mentioned, just talking with the just the smartest minds I know in the space of kind of authority building and influence building and why that's so valuable. And I got to tell you, too, thank you so much. So I don't know if you realize. So I had been pretty successful with Savings Angel, but I was starting to build this new identity. And I don't know if you've gone through this where like, you're kind of a big cheese in one area, but then you come over to this new area and like, nobody knows you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's like, you're starting all over again. So thankfully, you know, I kind of hit the threshold for having multi-million dollar business and that sort of thing. So I was able to be interviewed on your podcast, Eventual Millionaire. And that was really for me, kind of a, uh, a coming out to the to kind of this this new world of hmm well maybe um Josh is also an expert in working with the media and so your podcast was actually one of the first i'd say media things that i did that really introduced me to the to other entrepreneurs i'd just been kind of silently serving in our own startup community but other than that like i really didn't start reaching out on the uh, on the web in in this regard so thank you so much for oh, yeah. being What's- that person 
What's so amazing though, is that that's the stories that I want to showcase, right? The ones of the people actually doing it. So you had gotten a ton of media. So why would I not want to share that with what's working right now with everybody else, right? Instead of the gurus that just talked about it all the time, you were the guy on the ground doing it. So it's really impressive. I love that stuff. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let's, um, because this is, I'm here to talk about you uh, and learn, learn about you. Um, so going back to your journey of success, where were you at kind of at the beginning of that? And, and what were the things that you did that started, uh, that, that helped you build a name for yourself? Well, it goes back a little while. I was, um, I'm from a very small town, right? So I had knew no press. I knew, I knew no one on this online world. Um, so eight years ago, I started a blog randomly called Eventual Millionaire just because I liked the domain name. It had nothing to do with business or anything like that. And so I didn't know anything about online marketing. I had been a business coach for a while beforehand, um, offline, dealing with like plumbing companies and stuff, but not a lot of online stuff. Not that I wasn't a super geek, but uh, when I got on here, I'm like, okay, ready, go, <laughs> right? And then your blog has nobody. And you're like, okay, this is great. <laughs> and you don't realize how much it takes to really build something up from scratch. And we're, we're launching a new brand right now. So I'm feeling what you felt before, like, oh yeah, I'm really good in this niche and let's over here, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things I did is I just started trying to guest post everywhere. The interesting thing was, because this is what everybody told me to do back then, right? Like you guest post, you get in front of other audiences that are similar to yours. So I started doing that and I started blogging. I had no podcast or anything like that. Um, and I did it for six months because they told me to commit. They're like, you have to commit. You have to find your voice. I had no idea what I was talking about. I was actually talking about being debt-free for a while. But what's insane is I, I guess post on Get Rich Slowly back in the day, mm. and I didn't realize there were so many journalists that uh, actually paid attention to that. So when you do guest posts, especially on big popular sites, there's constantly journalists looking for really meaty stories, right? And out of the blue, literally out of the blue, I was about to stop my blog because it'd been six months. I worked my butt off. I was part-time. My kiddos were young. So I was trying to do this blogging thing while I was being a business coach with my mentor working in his firm. And I had maybe 20 hours a week. So I was like, this hasn't got me anything. I was about to throw my hands up. I chatted with my mentor at the time. and was like, I got to send an email. I had maybe 500 people on my email list at the time. I would just send an email and tell them I'm done. Like, that's it. <laughs> and so uh, I couldn't pull the trigger for some odd reason. And, and like literally a, a day later, I got an email from CNN. And they were like, oh, we want to feature you on our site. And I'm like, oh, sure. Okay, great. So within a week, and this is what's kind of crazy about the whole press thing. And I had no idea, of course, but within a week, I was on CNN just as like a, they called it a debt buster thing, right? So I was just mm -hmm. on that. Um, but they liked my story so much because I just talked about how I paid off my debt. Um, they asked me to be on the show. So then I was on CNN. Like I was... And I was scared as all crap. And I turned bright red when I'm in front of a camera also, which is lovely. Um, and then uh, Yahoo ended up picking that, that same story. And my face was on the homepage of Yahoo all within one week. And it was mind-blowing to go from like zero notoriety to you know, people from high school messaging me going, your face is on the homepage of Yahoo. And Dave Ramsey picked up a uh, part of the story. And it just, it was insanity. 
So it sounds like a rags to riches, like, woo, yay, everything was amazing. Um, uh, and I have way more to talk about after that. But I had no idea how a small town girl that knows nothing about press could get press. Does that make sense? Yeah. But so, but y- this wasn't, it's not like you just wrote your first blog article and then all of a sudden you're on CNN though. No, definitely not. So how many Six do you months. think that you wrote before you got, and, 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 and I really want to dissect this whole thing about like getting discovered because I think that that's just such a big myth. I do too. And yeah. it just doesn't and it happened happen to me and I still often. don't believe it. Yeah. So, so it was, so what had happened too is I had written, I was writing a blog post for myself just about every week, tons of content. Right. And I was writing a guest post. I probably wrote 20 guest posts, maybe by then. Right. And only 500 subscribers. So I thought it was, I was like, and I don't even like writing. So it was painful. Let's say that. Right. It was very painful. Like that's why I was on the brink of giving up. And it was, it was just, yes, it serendipity ish, but because I put in a lot of freaking work beforehand too. And so, and so don't get me wrong. Like, don't think like, oh, it was all sunshine and roses. Cause it wasn't, I was literally about to give up. It was, mm. it was not intentional on that um, forefront. And the other piece is even when I got on that, I didn't have my site set up very well. My site went down right? So because I had too much traffic, um, it, it was a, it was a nightmare. Let's say that. Uh, so I was not ready for it. It was not all it was cracked up to be. What I learned in the process, which was extremely helpful was how to cultivate those relationships and do it again. And again, Mm -hmm. I've been on Yahoo's homepage six times now at the time I stumbled into it. Um, but you curate and I've hired Pierre. PR agencies and they can't do nearly what I could do (laughs) when I actually go into it. So, so that's the piece that I think is really important. Like, yes, it's great when it sort of happens to you, but what's even better is when you prepare for it and your site doesn't go down. Let's say Mm. that. If you are going to, so let's say you're advising somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, Jamie, I'm going to be on CNN or Fox News or Good Morning America, or I'm going to be on Ellen's show. Like, Mm -hmm. what would you tell them to do? What's funny is my friends had been on all of those shows literally like two months before I had any press and I should have known the stuff to do and I didn't. So (laughs) me being an idiot, it took took me quite a few times. So please, anybody that's going to go through this, do this. So number one, make sure you're not on shared hosting for your website. Because yeah. as soon as that spike happens, most likely you pay for those five, $10 a month plans. You won't be able to handle it. And then they will shut your site down because it will take everyone else's site down. And I, I come from a degree in computers. I used to work in a network operations center and do this yeah. stuff every day. And I still was dumb. It took me two times. My site has gone down twice on Yahoo's homepage twice oh, no. before I realized. So please, everybody learn from my mistake. I had no idea how crappy that would be. When you know your face is there and there's nothing you can do to pick up any of that. that you know, it's, um, Jamie, I, I, I've actually talked with people who brag about that, who say, oh, I got, I, I was so busy that my site actually got crashed because I was so busy. I'm like, that's not a good thing. Exactly. Well, and that's the funny thing I've been on. I've been mentioned on, um, there was a, any millionaire show where I've interviewed one of the people that was on, uh, those kind of things or shark tank or whatever. Um, there's lots of spikes. And when your site can't handle spikes, that means you lose all of those people that were excited mm-hmm. to see you and you look like an idiot because your site 
is down. No offense. Yeah. But um, so so that's definitely number one. Please understand this is not a good thing. I use WP Engine um, now and so far they haven't gone down for anything, which is great. Mm. So I, they can just handle spike stuff. But find anybody that, that can say that they can handle spikes because that's what matters. Because it is. It's a very short-lived piece. And if you're going to do so much work to try and get it, you really want to make sure you're you're recapping all of the pieces that you need. So in regards to that, then once you're, you know, your site is up, I didn't even have, well, the first time when I was on CNN, the website, I had no email opt-in or anything. <laughs> like I literally, so when I found out I was going to be on this, the show, I like made an email opt-in. Like I bought a Weber and I tried to figure out how to do all that within the, you know, day that I had before I was actually going live on the show. Yeah, it was, it was a little insane. Um, and so trying to figure all those pieces out, I highly recommend getting all that figured out first, yeah. some sort of capture. I mean, I wasn't selling anything on the site, so I, I literally made no money off of, <laughs> off of any of that, which was mm -hmm. lovely. But uh, being able to have some sort of opt-in, I mean, I know it sounds basic, but I, I didn't even, I didn't even have any of that stuff really set up at the time. So make sure you have something. Um, ideally, if you already are a little bit more into it, you have um, a conversion rate that's good. So usually cold traffic like that um, is a bit hit or miss. Like if it's not the people that actually care that much about your site. So for me, it was about, my site was still about debt. The article was about debt. Sometimes people will write now about my debt story, but I don't. I interview millionaires now and I have a podcast for business. So it's not really aligned. So people come in for the debt stuff and they don't convert as well. But you want to think about who's actually showing up and who you want as your avatar and try and make sure that we're converting those people to an email opt-in, right? That way you have control and you're recouping and you can always email them later. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, and there's two things here, like I know what that I teach is, uh, you know, number one, have that conversation with your host right now and say, when I get a spike, because I'm I'm starting to do some work with the media, I have no idea what's going to happen. But let's say I have and I know that like, I, I'm only going to be able to give you like, eight hours notice, like, because it might happen that immediately. Mm. What is our plan? for being able to handle that traffic or scale up quickly and 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 to actually put that in an SOP to to say okay if this should ever happen these are the steps this is who i reach out to this is how i make sure that i can get it done quickly and you work all of that out with your host ahead of time um just in case like cuz i get you know it's like well i don't want to spend i don't want the 250 300 a month plan um you know, I really don't need it like 99.9% .9 of the time, but man, for that 0.1% of the time, I do not want to miss out on, you know, uh, 400 additional leads that could be opting in on my website. So I need to be able to handle that. So, you know, just kind of having that in. Yes. Uh, and knowing lead time, really, if you can know lead time, that really matters too. Cause with VPS, I'm, I get into the geeky part with VPS and like DNS switching and stuff like that. It's a pain. And sometimes it can take 24 to 48 hours to propagate. Yeah. So anyway, yes, let them know as soon as humanly possible. I now pay for whatever the high end piece is anyway, so I don't have to worry about it. Thank goodness. Yeah, absolutely. But at the and time it was a huge, that. yeah, it was a huge money. Like I was paying for a $5 a month plan and they, or maybe 10 mm -hmm. and a VPS was like, a hundred. And I was like, but I, but yeah, right. Is this worth yeah. it? Cause at the time I wasn't making any money off of the blog. Yeah. 
There's there's some things I think if you're going to start getting visible, there's some things you can cheap out on. And then there's other things. It's like it's not worth it. Totally. And if you get your big break, I mean, that's you know, it's like we it's, it's amazing how much effort people put into fantasizing about being on Oprah's couch or being, you know, it's an old reference <laughs> or, you know, just, you know, being um, celebrated in front of hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people. But yet we don't actually prepare for that. You know, we just, we, we spend too much time fantasizing about the idea of being discovered. Um, but you can actually get discovered and there's a process to do that. But part of that is you got to be ready for that. Well, yeah, because again, I messed it up twice because three months later, Kiplinger's personal finance did a magazine article on me and Yahoo picked it up again. I was like, what are the chances? So when my site went down the first time, I was like, what are the chances that this is going to happen again? I was so <laughs> like blown away. What are the chances? Three months later, my face, different photo on Yahoo's homepage. Again, my site went down again. I was like, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> my own fault. Totally. Lesson learned the hard way for sure. Uh, but yeah, please, people, take it from me. Don't do that. It's dumb. <laughs> you know, and I like that you talked about making sure that you have a very clear opt-in. So people who see you on CNN for, you know, maybe it's just a couple of minutes, um, you know, they, they, they have a little bit of respect for you because, okay, well, clearly she got past the gatekeeper and there's only so much inventory on CNN and they chose to devote two minutes to having, um, Jamie Masters on. So obviously she must be a person of importance. They're not going to go to your website and buy your $1,200 product. That's, that's not how it works. These people are just now getting to know you. So, you know, in terms of like being in front of a media audience, then I think you're very wise to make sure you have an opt-in for something that, you know, just, it's like a freebie or something like that. Because again, you, you have to, and, and, and I, and again, I don't mean to kind of rant on this, but I'm just kind of setting you up for your perspective on this, um, of just like honoring the relationship where it is with these new people. Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of people that aren't uh, great fits either. And they're really trying to 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 temperature check you out, right? Because you also mm. get like, especially when I was on Yahoo, they'd randomly click, right? Or they'd write comments. Some of them were mean also. Like, man, that I stopped reading question. comments. Yeah. Whew, I was like, I don't like reading any of these. So I don't, I literally don't read any press comments anymore. Yeah. Um, because the funny thing is even after, so after I was on Yahoo's homepage, um, those two times, I tried to level it up with the local press because I was a local business coach, right? <laughs> so then I sent press releases to all of the local, um, I, I'm in the middle of nowhere in Maine, right? But, um, mm -hmm. the big city, you know, has a, has a, um, a couple news stations and a, and a big, um, newspaper. And so I sent things, uh, to them. And what's funny is I ended up getting on, um, the morning show and I ended up getting on the front page of the newspaper, by the way, that said local CNN, uh, local mom on CNN. That's the title. <laughs> <laughs> How meta can you get, right? Yeah. Like, and it's a picture of me with my children. <laughs> I was like, this is going to help for business coaching for sure. But, but it was, it was really interesting. Um, and so even the, even the local newspaper, the comments on it, I was like, really people, it says local mom on CNN and you still are mean to me. What the heck? Oh so, you know, you can't win on that piece, but I no. learned my lesson a lot with a lot of the press stuff is that not everybody's for you and that's okay. And what we want is we want to attract the people that are for you and that will opt in on your email and then only work with them. <laughs> it's much easier that way than to read comments with people with too much time on their hands. Let's say that. Is there a way that you shake it off? Because it affects me 
for sure. Um, with when someone, you know, if I don't like, if I have no connection to them, like if it's just like a random anonymous commenter, then it's like, okay, that was mean, but I don't know you from Adam. But if it's, I don't know, it's, it's I think there, there's, there's certain things though that kind of sting a little bit, and it's like you know maybe a little too close to home or no, my. All of them you know, hurt me. How do you shake that stuff no. off? I so so I am. I want everybody to be happy no matter what. That is my. That is the way I live my life. I live in a happy little bubble, right? Mm. I I love it. And I remember one of the comments on when I was on Yahoo, and uh, and they had sent out a photographer. This was for Kiplingers. They sent out a photographer, and I I didn't wear makeup ever at the time, so I had somebody do my makeup, which. I was not happy about anyway. <laughs> like it did not go the way I wanted. So then my face is on Yahoo's homepage with that photo. I'm like, oh gosh. And somebody goes, yeah, she looks like she's from Maine. And I like was so, I still remember it to this day. It was like nine years ago, eight years ago, like still to this day. Mm-hmm. I remember that comment. I literally do not read the comments anymore because all of them, it, whether, I know they're random Joes with way too much time on their hands. And still yeah. that when, and I talk to business owners about this all the time. I work with six and seven figure business owners. You'd yep. think they would be very immune to some of this stuff, but <laughs> we're not. Okay. So yeah. um, when you actually think about the negative uh, side of things, it can stick in your brain forever. It actually takes, yeah. if you have one negative comment, it takes, I think like eight or nine positive comments to counteract it. Right. So I uh, literally will not read comments. And sometimes like, I really want to, I'm like, but I know, I just go, you know what, if there's one negative one, I don't even want to know what they say. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't read them anymore at all. Mm. Um, at the beginning, when you were doing all this writing and you were kind of feeling like you were kind of at the end of your rope, what do you like when you let's say you were to give a kind of a, a five minute pep talk on the power of persistence? What would go into that pep talk? Oh, that's a great question. So consistency. So I've interviewed over 500 millionaires now. Right. And what I found over ridiculous amounts of conversations that dive really, really deep into this one exact subject is it's the commitment to the goal that counts. The commitment, like the level of commitment, which now in hindsight, I'm so thankful I did not give up, but I literally that week was going to give up. And what I would say though, is if you're enjoying the process, it makes all the difference in the world. I hated writing. <laughs> like it was not my forte. I got a C in writing and I have a book now too, which is hilarious, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I did not enjoy the process of writing, especially at the time. I love podcasting. And so I could do that all day long. And so it's not as though we have to give up or not give up. That's not really the question. It's how do we align what we actually enjoy, the process we actually enjoy doing with the commitment of the end result. And I feel like that's the piece that's lacking for everyone. It's not like you have to blog forever. Like if you don't like blogging, don't blog. Right. But but find something that you do. Like if you love Facebook live, then go do that or whatever that, that niche piece that really works for you. If you would do it anyway, if you didn't get paid, I know people say this all the time and it's like, eh, whatever, because there are definitely better tactics that work out there right now than not. But it doesn't matter if you can't commit to it. If you hate every second, don't bother. (laughs) But if you do enjoy the process, which is kind of the whole point, which is what all the millionaires I've interviewed have ever said, like it is the journey, not the destination. There will always be a new destination. If we enjoy the pieces of the journey and commit to that end result, 
there's going to be another end result and another end result. We're going to keep committing and keep committing and keep committing as we achieve it. Um, but that's what we're looking for more than anything. Do you think guest posting is is worth someone's time today? Yeah, actually. I actually had one of my clients um, do it recently too. So it's a cheap and easy way to get in front of another audience. Now, that being said, I think if you have relationships that make guest posting easier. So pitching randomly is tough. Mm -hmm. It's the conversion rate just isn't as high as it used to be because everybody and their brother is pitching and trying to get links and all sorts of stuff. Um, But for me, I really built my network, especially at the beginning. So I know people with huge audience. That's actually one way I got my book deal. I listed all my friends that said they'd help me promote their book and they have huge audiences and I could do guest posts on many of their sites or get them to to promote it socially. And that's one of the reasons why I, I got the the book deal with a publisher because they were like, ah, oh, I know she can actually market this book. Therefore, um, we'll take a chance. And so to mm-hmm. me, if you I would work on cultivating the relationship piece first before we go too crazy on the guest post side. Yeah. Uh, but you can totally do guest posts too. I'm not saying you can't. It's just a little bit more labor intensive on the upfront. How do you cultivate a relationship with someone who might be perceived to be kind of much more successful than you. A big deal. Yeah. I do. It's like, it reminds me of high school, which I was so not cool in high school, like at all. <laughs> You're in the club. Oh my gosh. I right? was so bad. Well, I joke about this all the time, right? Because um, I don't know if your audience knows John Lee Dumas, but me and him yeah. went to high school together. He was super cool and I was so not, right? Like <laughs> he was the prom king and I was the geeky girl that was an art, voted, voted most artistic, right? <laughs> and a programmer. So I worked at the internet computer store. Uh, so, so, uh, from different worlds, let's say that, but Mm -hmm. the the funny thing is, especially for him, he came to me because I had a podcast. I helped him start his podcast way back when, and I was so proud of myself. I'm like, look who's cool now. See, finally. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so making, you know, internet stars is also helpful, but, but before that, when I first started, so, um, in the, the beginning stages, like I was telling you about when those first six months, I started a mastermind group. And that mastermind group was cold. Like I I knew one person out of the whole group. Everybody else I emailed cold. One of the people I emailed cold, which I think you know this story, Josh, was uh, Pat Flynn. Hmm. And he said no at first. But (laughs) I followed up again when we had everybody else in the group. And he ended up saying yes. And and I was nobody. Again, my blog was one month old. One month mm. old. Now, this he was definitely not as big of a deal as he is now, of course. This mm-hmm. is quite a few years ago. But he was still a big deal. Like, I knew nothing. Why the heck would he say yes to to me? And so I leaned on. I was a um, business coach, number one. But I also, um, my friends had a viral video that had 50 million views online. So I was like, I went to Letterman with them and, and Ellen Show and stuff like that. And so I like was like, and I know these people. I was literally like trying to grasp at straws going like, and look at me. Yay, right? Um, but it really is that persistence piece too, because as much as I said that at the beginning, he still said no at the beginning, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Then I I got a bunch of other really amazing people in the group and he ended up saying yes. And so it's, to me, it's going out on a limb, right? Randomly email it. Like in the, in the long run, when I look back at it, I'm like, what made me just randomly find people, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And cold email them. But I was trying to get, you know, that uh, quote, you're the average of the five closest friends. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I had made a list of my five closest friends. Now I love them and they are wonderful, but they are, were not in the position that I ever, they hated their jobs, right? They, they were not in the position that I ever wanted to um, look 
up to, right? Like not happy in what they were doing. Great people. Um, but my goal was to really make those five friends different. And, and what's amazing is looking back now, like my whole life has changed because of that one mastermind group and really looking to upgrade my friends. Like I have, I've interviewed 500 millionaires now. I have like the craziest Rolodex ever from not having five friends that had anything. (laughs) Right. Uh, so a lot can change when you really get intentional about just going after it. Now, that being said, yes, it's kind of a clicky little group around here. I just try and be as nice as humanly possible. Go to conferences where you can actually meet people. I try and in advance message them or get on people's radars, especially if they're big, quote unquote, big deals, right? Because they got a lot, of, they're busy. They got a lot of stuff. I try and do as much as I possibly can. Even now, I mean, there's lots of people that are bigger deals, a lot bigger deals than me, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so I try and um, just get my name more known. So I'll do yeah. a referral to them. If they're selling something, I'll promote something that they've got. I'll tweet them. I'll reach. I just want my name in front of them. Um, and then I'll reach out. And if they go to a conference, I'll be like, Hey, I'd love to meet up. I'll add you on Facebook. We usually have quite a few mutual friends at the time. So it's, it's a small, slow process. You're making friends or at least that's what I'm, my intention is always to make friends first. It's never to like try and get something. Um, yeah. I'm like, please be my friend. <laughs> I'm nice. Um, and that's what worked this whole time. I go to conferences and it's insane. I'm like, wow, I know everybody at these places. Whereas, I mean, quite a few years ago, I was the nobody going, wow, look at these A-listers. They're amazing. Um, And somebody called me an A-lister the other day. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of the cool kids now. I get to sit at that lunch table. Right. And I'm like, finally, I've made it. No. And that's, and that's, I think that that piece is really important is never forgetting who you are. Right. Like, I'm never going to be that person that's going to be like, no, you can't sit at my lunch table. (laughs) Like, I'm not Um, that person. Have you ever done a, then a joint venture? like a, like promoting a product, you know, over a period of a week or something like that with one of your partners, like, how do you take a relationship from, oh, like I was on their podcast or they were on mine or like, you know, we're just kind of starting to do something for one another, getting, you know, getting to know one another to the point like, oh my gosh, that would be like so amazing if I could work with their audience to maybe showcase my product or, you know, maybe I could promote their product to my uh, audience and I could possibly make, um, some affiliate revenue. Like, how do you broach that subject with yeah. people? Well, I'll tell you how somebody has done it for me. I don't do. A, I don't even sell any digital programs. I only have um, classes that are live with people because yeah. I don't think people do a lot of digital stuff or they won't use them, especially yeah. on the business niche. No offense, <laughs> but I'll tell you a quick story about how this one. And this was years and years and years ago. And now he's kind of a big deal in this space too. I met him. I think he was on his twenty first birthday. Uh, his name was Chandler Bolt, and he um, at the time. He was just sort of getting into this. This was years and years ago. Um, and I remember him asking me to do, to be a JV. And I've been, a- I get asked all the time, right? And I've got a whole wait list and you have to like, cause I only do a certain number a year cause I have to make sure I love it and all that fun stuff. And this like young kid, now he's still young. He's like 28 or something like that. I don't know. Um, has a huge, huge business now, but uh, millions of, of dollars now. But he he just asked me and he was like, what would it take? Um, we have this thing. I would love for you to promote it, but I know you're taking a chance on us. So like I can give you just a stipend. Like if we don't make more than a thousand dollars or I don't remember what it was, but then I'll just give you a thousand just to make sure it's worth your time. And I was like, that's really awesome. Like I felt like I was doing 
a service to help him out because he was so new too, right? And I don't, I think he made like four or 5,000 or something like that from, or maybe actually it was, maybe it was 10. He was like, you are my biggest affiliate. This is amazing, right? So it was mm. huge for him. So I felt like it was impacting him as a human, which I love to do. Yeah. And like I could, I could just see him grow through it all. And I thought it was a really, really good product. If I, I never promote anything that I don't think is a very, very, very good product. And he was so like genuine. And so to me, like I would do that over like, I've got the best conversion rate, blah, blah. I get people going like, oh, now I get this per click. And I'm like, uh, does it help people? Because that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> like if it helps mm-hmm. people, then I'll take a look at it. I don't care what the conversion rate is. Um, but but that's the thing. I think um, unfortunately or fortunately, we get stuck in this business is just business and not relationship piece. Yeah. And the, we're all human. We're all just humans. And I think uh, knowing that and, and asking genuinely is uh is the best way to do it and and it it is tough to sort of get through the crowd but a relationship will win out over everything i almost hired a jv manager and he went down the list of all the people that he knew and i was like so i know every single one of them probably way better than you so i'm Mm. not sure this is gonna like i'm not sure you can really help me very much right makes a big difference yeah for sure you know going back to you know one thing i forgot to ask you was um as a content producer, particularly on the written side, how do you deal with the, or, or do you have any tricks or hacks? Like, how do you get around the kind of the dreaded blinking cursor on a blank page? <laughs> Especially because I'm not a fan. No. Uh, so I have to write stream of conscious. So, um, especially when I was writing my book, I would, I have to have, and I'm super, um, geeky when it comes to flow. Um, there's some really good books on it, but there's a thing called the flow genome project. So I can only do this when I have everything sort of set up properly. So I'll go through my little shtick, um, first, because when I was writing my book, I had to go by the lake where there was no internet. I would turn off my phone. I would turn off. (laughs) So number one, no distractions. Uh, sometimes I use my Bose headphones uh, and put mm. like nothingness on. Um, so, so really trying to focus that because I, I literally have ADD and I will be all over the place. And if I have internet, I will accidentally open my email and check it without <laughs> even knowing. Like my parents have a camp in the middle of nowhere in Maine and there's no internet. My cell phone doesn't even work. And I will still wow. open my email app, right? Like I'm like, it doesn't, even work. I'm not sure why I'm doing this. It's like such an automated, sad response, but we are conditioned, right? So that's number one. And then I, um, there's a great book called Bird by Bird. And so that talks about like just writing for writing's sake, not judging. Cause I used to judge and edit at the same time. And I suck at that. What I've, what I've learned now, cause writing the book was one thing. What I've learned now is I'm much better at recording my thoughts. Then I send it to my transcriptionist and she sends it back to me and then I just delete what I don't want. So even writing webinars now, I will be in a drive, like a long drive in the car, listen to some music and talk and go, oh, what about this? And I think this could be good. And then I just go down these tangents or I'll call a friend and we'll talk about that stuff and I'll record that and we'll just transcribe all that. So it's it's less to me about the writing piece because again, sitting at a little blank thing going, ah, right, takes more effort to me. If you ask me questions, I will answer anything. <laughs> I always have the answers, right? Uh, if you ask me the question, but sitting there, um, I really have to get into flow in order to make sure I get that stream of consciousness. Um, but setting yourself up 
uh, taking nootropics beforehand, right? I do that a lot too, um, to really make sure that you've got uh, the time worth it. Because even for my clients, when I teach this stuff, these people will spend an hour, right, staring at that blank cursor and writing a hundred words. Or when they're in flow, they'll spend 10 minutes writing 3,000 words or something insane because they just felt it come through. And there's a big difference on your efficiency and effectiveness when you are in that state. So to me, I look after going, going after that state instead of how many words I need to write. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, one thing that I recently did, I had to write my kind of my hero's journey story and I just transcribed it. Like, I, I feel like I'm really good at talking in transcription voice to Siri or whatever, yes. you know, with uh, like putting in the punctuation and everything. And that really helped me as well. And it wasn't perfect. And I think, you know, I would go maybe a few paragraphs at a time, stop and then kind of clean it up. And then, but it felt like, like for me, just like, once I got, it's like running. Like I don't particularly, I hate running for the first half mile. Like it's, I, I hate it. But then after that first half mile, I'm like, okay, I'm into it. it it's kind of like that same thing for me. It's like, I just, I just have to start. And so it's like always like that dread. I think that that keeps me from doing something that I know that I absolutely need to do. Well, that's, and that's why I like doing other things that I do like. So either I'll yes. go to my favorite coffee shop and get my favorite coffee, or I will go by the lake and sit down and meditate for a little bit, or I will, you know what I mean? So I try and make it more fun because, because we can, we're allowed to do that, right? We don't have to be like, and now I'm going to grin and bear it because that's the way it's supposed to be. That's not fun. <laughs> right? We are allowed to do whatever we want. So what would make it more fun? And the perspective does make a huge difference. So for me, no, I would never be able to do all those punctuation things. Like that would annoy the crap out of me to tell yeah, you the right, truth. Right. So that's why I'm like, and I have a, I have somebody that works for me a full time. That's amazing at it. So I just literally say stuff and record it and go in the morning, this will be done. And so and then I have somebody else going through it first too. Because again, lucky me, right? I know what I like and I know what I don't like. Yeah. And as you go through, and I think this is really important for people to understand, is that yes, you're going to have resistance to lots of things, right? Sending emails and, and doing stuff like that. Um, but it really is your attitude about that <laughs> that yeah. makes a difference. So when you see it as like a fun challenge, we're talking about like, I, have a, I literally have a sword wall. I love doing crazy martial arts crazy stuff, right? Because it is a challenge and we like challenges in so many aspects. And yet when we're sitting going, oh crap in business, I have to do this and not looking at it as a challenge or something fun or, or putting um, the environment around that can make it more interesting. Like when there's stuff that I don't like doing a lot of times, I'll text a friend and be like, okay, ready? Time me, 20 minutes, go, right? Or Pomodoros with people or try and make it a little bit more interesting. Because again, we can make this game whatever we want it to be. It does not have to be Miserable people. You know, so having spoken to 500 millionaires, what are some things that you have seen them discover along the way that people maybe who haven't yet achieved that maybe haven't yet discovered? This is so cliche, but it's so important. So it's not about the money. Right. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, we, we can say that. And, but I'm still going for a million. Right. And that's sort of the shtick on my whole site. Right. It's called Eventual Millionaire. And everyone, like when I've asked Seth Godin and some like big names, they're like, I don't want to, I don't want it to be about the money. The site's not about that 
part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's life first, then money. <laughs> but everybody that doesn't have the money is like, it's about the money, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I wanted to have the, the site for that to begin with, um, because over and over and over, quite a few people call it the millionaire myth, right? It's when you go after the money, even after you achieve it, it's lackluster. Like the stories I hear, like the things they sacrifice to achieve the money. I think anybody can do anything, right? It depends on how much they're willing to push for it. But you can have both if you're not just going after the money, right? So if we do try and enjoy the process and the game and the journey, which everyone's like, yeah, 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 whatever. That's great. I need to hustle hard, right? Um, mm-hmm. But in reality, that's that's why I interviewed millionaires to me that are in it, right? That aren't the ones just writing the books because there's a lot of people writing about how to become a millionaire and blah, blah, blah. I want the guys that are doing weirdo <laughs> businesses, right? That are, that are really in it. Um, and I wanted their perspective and nine times out of 10, they're like, yeah, I really enjoy the process. And then my life is happy and the money is an addition to that. And again, yeah. I know it's cliche and everyone's like, okay, but really let those things sink in, really let it sink in. And if you're not doing the stuff that is really enjoyable, what can we do that is? Because nine times out of 10 at the end, you can still be committed to the same end result and just do it in a different way that's more fun for you. And then you yeah. have a happier life now and later. I bet one thing that you hear quite often is when a millionaire is recounting her experience or his experience, and she says, you know, it was those times of struggle that I persevered and I overcame. Those are my most cherished memories of this whole experience. You know, I have the money now, but it's like, I can't tell you, I'm just imagining both for myself and I, I would imagine other people have this experience as well. So, you know, to the person who's in that struggle right now, you know, it's almost like it, I know it's easier said than done, but you know, you're creating your memories that you're going to look back on right now. Like this is, you're in the game right now. This is, you know, if you're, imagine if you're playing football, I mean, this is when you're really driving the ball or, you know, whatever. I don't, like, I know what sports, (laughs) like I know any sports analogies. (laughs) I totally made that one up. Um, But you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's, so it's almost like a perspective of like when you have those cash flow issues and you find a way to kind of move beyond that. Yes. It's like that's the stuff you're going to look back and say, you know what? That was pretty awesome of me. Well, that's so so I'm obsessed with this, right? Because that's when you find out who you really are. I, I work with seven figure guys that have tons of money and they still struggle. Like it's not all sunshine and roses before or after. And you don't have to embrace it. Don't get me wrong. Like you don't have to be like, this is great. Yeah. Uh, but you do have to know that it's part of the game. If there was no challenge in any video game, would anyone mm. play it? No, it'd be boring. It would be like, oh, I won game over. Right. And so when we start going through and realizing how we're evolving, and usually we we don't know this until it's hindsight, which is why it's so annoying. But you look back and you're like, I evolved as a human. I'm a better human. I can teach my children better because of those times. And that is is why we're here on earth, right? We are humans mm-hmm. to evolve and to get better and better and better. And I know as entrepreneurs in general, 
we love that piece. We also hate that piece because it doesn't feel good when you're in it. But just knowing that it is an up and down game, no matter how successful you are, because the people that I work with, they're scared of losing it all too. You're like, what? You got it. Yay. But then then what's worse is not having it. And it's like, oh man. So either way, you're always working within the bounds of yourself, within your own mind. This is why I have to meditate every single day, right? Because my own mind is a little crazy sometimes, as is a lot of the people I work with. And being able to master that or master ourselves, that's how we we can really not easily go through struggle, but know that when you're in it, it's okay. And you can punch a heavy bag or cry or do whatever you want because that's the thing that's when you're really, really in it, right? You are in the ring and that's what matters. And nobody else does that to the level that entrepreneurs do really in my head. I'm like, we we put a lot out on the line, but then at the end, you know, you lived as full out as you possibly could. So if anybody's in struggle right now, just know that everybody else goes through it and it's how you deal with this struggle that will make the difference long-term. I love it, Jamie. So I have, as you can see, check, look at all these pages of notes I have. <laughs> look at that. I cannot believe, like, <laughs> I like how, I, seriously, this is, uh, of, of all the luminaries that I've chatted with, I probably have more notes here than, than uh, most of the others, for sure. Aww. Yeah, so um, so you probably saw the blinking red light there. So that's a fallout, that's, that's a reconfigured fallout uh, alarm light that I set on a timer. So um, that means that I need to honor your time and get you back on the, uh, the what kind of helicopter is that a, g- a great one stealthy yeah <laughs> yeah i forget i don't know what they're I'm called go but to the- my private island after this so i'll invite you sometime <laughs> for nice, the nice. yeah jamie thanks so much for swinging uh into florida and and uh on to uh, uh other destinations uh may you be well thank you so much thank you so much for having me this place is fantastic i'll tell everyone no i won't tell everybody no, where it is no, no. <laughs> i promise and, and again Yep. Everything you just shared is completely Thank off you. the record and it's it's all contained in these notes. And I will not release this top secret insider knowledge uh, without uh, your permission. Uh, yeah, Thank goodness. Because the then I'd have thing. to kill you, Josh. So good. Okay. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, this knowledge is way too powerful to be in the hands of of uh, anybody, just anybody yet. So we have to we have to figure out how we release this uh, to the general population. Good thing I love you. <laughs> I won't kill you. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Josh. Okay, guys. That's all I got this time around. I'm, I'm going to be sending more out to you guys on the internet as I can get it, as, I, as Josh does more interviews. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And, and don't tell Josh what I'm doing. If you know Josh, don't tell Josh. Don't rat me out, okay? Um, but, uh, but in the meanwhile, if you want to spy on Josh, too, he's got a website, upmyinfluence.com. And, and you can you can spy on him there too because because he's posting these things for real you, you guys are gonna like weeks before him so so again don't tell Josh pot hacker out